Welcome to the Crossing Church Weekly Sermon Podcast. The Crossing Church exists to see every person restored to God and to the life He created them to live. And we want to walk through this journey with you. If you need help, prayer of any kind, or if you give your life to the Lord today, send us an email at church@thecrossing.cc. We would love to hear from you so a member from our care team will reach out to see how we can walk through life with you. We're so glad that you've joined us today. Enjoy the message. So howdy y'all. How you be today? Let's try it again. How you be today? Okay, so we're going to participate today. So if you didn't come to participate, you got 15 seconds to run out the door. Lock them, lock them. Pastor Randy and Pastor Stacy are watching online. We have an incredible senior pastor. And so, y'all, would you help me honor our senior pastor? He'll be back next week. Woohoo! Yeah. Yeah, well, y'all look good. You look a little cooked, but you look good. Yeah, okay. I look cooked too, but anyways. Okay. I'd like to start with a joke. I tried it on Debbie last night. Right before she went to sleep, she still went to sleep, so but I'm going to use it anyways. A boy came late to Sunday school. Knowing he was usually prompt, his Sunday school teacher said, Johnny, is there anything wrong? No, ma'am, not really, he said. I was going to go fishing, but my dad told me that I needed to get on up and go to church. The leader was very impressed and asked Johnny if his father explained why It was more important to go to church than go fishing. Yes, ma'am, he said. My daddy said he didn't have enough bait for both of us. Thank you, dads. Okay. Well, I'd like to start with the vision of the Crossing Church. Our vision here is to see every person restored to God and to the life that God created them to live. So everybody got that as the vision. Here's the mission. In order to get to the vision, everybody needs to know God find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. The world doesn't change unless the church, that's you and me, are making a difference. So are you ready to make your, do your part to make a difference? Are you ready? Uh, uh. I thought I was in another neighborhood. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So y'all hang with me. Okay. Every person has a deep need for four things. Identity, acceptance, security, and purpose. Everybody, identity, acceptance, security, and purpose. Today, I want to address identity and how people's thinking influences how they see themselves. To find freedom, you need to know who God thinks you are. Psalms 23.7 says, For as a man or woman thinketh in their heart, that is how they will be. So paraphrasing, whatever you're pondering in your heart, that's what you're going to be like. So two questions to consider. The first, who do you think you are? This is one of the more serious questions in life. Now, I used to be with somebody, not Debbie. When I would do something, she would say, who do you think you are? Y'all been, you ever dealt with that before? It's a real thing. And we need to actually get a little bit militant with ourselves 
in terms of who do you think you are? It's a good question to ponder. Second question, where do your thoughts come from? Specifically, where do your thoughts of who you are or who you think you are, where do they come from? Said another way, who or what determines present tense or determined past tense how or what you think about you? So the title of this message is, So, Who Do You Think You Are? And for you word geeks out there, the word think is in the Bible about 85 times. That and its derivatives. So God thinks that thinking, God thinks that thinking is a good thing, okay? So for the purpose of simplicity, I'd like to create two buckets or areas of thinking and then what's in them. So you've probably been wondering, there's something on the stage with this. What is this? Say it loud. What does trash do? It what? It stinks. It needs to be thrown out, right? Okay. This represents God-influenced thinking. Isn't that nice? I picked this out all by myself after some training from my wife. You want to hang out with the God-influenced thinking, okay? So what is this? And this is God-influenced. So your thinking is either leading you toward the trash or it's leading you toward God. So today, uh, I hope you came to play because today we're going to kind of work on that. Everybody good? Okay. So before we get to the message, I want to share some scriptures to kind of create context for what I'm going to talk about. Romans 12, 2 in the Amplified Classic. Now, you know, everybody knows my favorite Bible is the Amplified Classic. We call it the Woman's Bible. You know why we call it the Woman's Bible? Because it does a better job of describing things. That's my story, and I'm sticking with it. This is what Romans 12.2 says. Fellas, we put that up. Do not be conformed to this world, this age, fashioned after and adapted to its external superficial customs, but be transformed, changed by the entire renewal of your mind. How much of your mind needs to be renewed? All of it. Just let that settle on you. All of it needs to be renewed. By its new ideals and its new attitude, so that you may prove for yourselves what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God even the thing which is good and acceptable and perfect in his sight for you. By renewing our minds totally, we actually get to prove God's perfect will for our life. Where does it start? Renewing your mind. So another scripture to set up today's topic. This is 2 Timothy 3, 16 through 17. Joe, if you put that up. Every scripture is God-breathed. How how much of the scripture is God-breathed? All of it, all of it given by his inspiration, and it's profitable for instruction, for reproof and conviction of sin. This is the part that people don't like. For reproof and conviction of sin, for correction of error and discipline and obedience, for training in righteousness and holy living, in conformity to God's will in thought, purpose, and action, so that the man or woman of God may be complete and proficient, well-fitted, and thoroughly equipped for every good work. So if you want to get well-fitted, complete, proficient, thoroughly equipped for every good work, what do you need to do? Scripture. Scripture. 
And if you'll do that and you are equipped for every good work, that's actually living the life that God created for you to live, okay? So let's get back to this issue of God-influenced thinking versus world-influenced thinking. 2 Corinthians 10, three through five. For though we walk, live in the flesh, we are not carrying on our warfare according to the flesh and using mere human weapons. For the weapons of our warfare are not physical weapons of flesh and blood, but they are mighty before God for the overthrow and destruction of strongholds. Inasmuch as we refute arguments and theories and reasonings and every proud and lofty thing that sets itself up against the knowledge, the true knowledge of God. So hear this, what's going on in the world right now. There's a lot of trash out there and it's trying to set itself up against the true knowledge of God, right? We need to know the true knowledge. So it sets itself up against the true knowledge of God and we lead, something popped up on my screen, devil, shut up, okay. And we lead every thought and purpose away captive into, into the obedience of Christ the Messiah, the anointed, the anointed one. Who does the work of leading every thought captive? Are you waiting for your friends to do it? Your wife, your husband, it's your job. So those of you that are looking for an out, today is not your day. And oh, by the way, I hope you wore some boots because I, I may be on your toes a little bit. I wore my boots. You're supposed to laugh, that was a joke. <laughs> We've got to remember when this stuff comes in, we have to take it captive. At my house, I take out the trash most of the time. <laughs> Who takes out the trash at your house? Who takes out the trash in your head? You're supposed to. Okay? Okay, one more scripture to set the context. This is Hebrews 4.12 in the Amplified Classic. For the word that God speaks is alive and full of power, making it active, operative, energizing, and effective. It is sharper than any two-edged sword, penetrating to the dividing line of the breath of life, the soul, and the immortal spirit, and of joints and marrow, and of the deepest parts of our nature. If you think that you can hide from the word, there's nothing that can be hidden. If you've convinced yourself that there's something that you can tuck away, you can't. You can't. And this is what it does. It exposes and it sifts and it analyzes and it judges the very thoughts and purposes of our heart. That's what the word of God is supposed to do. So I wonder if this last part of scripture could be one of the reasons that people don't want to pursue scripture with diligence. So usually when people come to my office, they say, oh, Pastor Reggie, we want to do it God's way. And all I do is open up the Bible. <laughs> a topical Bible that says, what's the issue that you're dealing with? Let's find out what God has to say, right? Because it exposes and sifts and analyzes and judges the very thoughts and purposes of your heart, right? Scripture teaches us we become accountable for what we know. Some people say that ignorance is bliss. However, ignorance will not lead to a living a victorious life. How much ignorance is there out in the world right now? 
And ignorance is not a bad thing. It's not knowing. It's just not knowing, okay? There's a lot of ignorance out there right now, and it's not bliss. You will not live a victorious life being ignorant. So let me ask you this. Uh, You know what the first scripture was that I memorized? I actually did it a little bit during worship. It's John 8, 37, I think. It's Jesus wept. Everybody can do that, right? Because this is what people say. They say, I can't memorize scripture. And don't be surprised when you can't, because as a man ponders in his heart, so is he. So say, I can, I may have to work at it. Got any workers in here? If you're a worker, raise your hand. Okay, we got some workers in here. Okay. We've all heard that as we read the Bible, the Bible reads us. The Bible says that Satan is the accuser of the brethren. So do we sometimes get confused? Is God convicting us through his word or is enemy trying to condemn us through his accusations? Even Jesus had to deal with the accusations of the devil. As soon as he got baptized, his daddy said, this is my beloved son in him. I am well pleased. He was led by the spirit of God into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And the devil said, if, if. So sometimes when we read the word, the enemy will try and come in and condemn us. Now, here's the difference. Conviction carries the peace of knowing that it is God's truth that we are hearing or reading, even if the truth is difficult to understand or accept. Condemnation carries guilt, which often leads to shame. If we listen to the enemy, whose voice is often hidden in the sounds of the culture of our world, we disqualify ourselves. We make ourselves victims. If we listen to God, we realize he has qualified us and we walk as victors in victory. That word that faith had this morning, now we didn't talk. We're talking about walking in victory and it starts with how we think, okay? Ed Cole has said that any man or woman that does not have an organized way of thinking will always be subject to the man or woman who does have an organized way of thinking. If you've watched a debate, organized thinking trumps, no pun intended, unorganized thinking every time. Perhaps you can recall conversations where the person that you were talking to had an organized way to think and you did not, and it did not go well for you. Having an organized way of thinking matters. God has given us access to kingdom-centered thinking through his scriptures, and it's not just organized, it's powerful. It's powerful. Powerful. The word of God is powerful, and it's so well-organized. So let's think about the sequence. Fellas, if you would put this up. Watch your thoughts, they become words. Watch your words, they become actions. Watch your actions, they become habits. Watch your habits, they become character. Watch your character, it becomes your destiny. If you want to live the life that God created for you to live, it starts with what you're thinking. You want to get to the destiny that he has for you, you need to watch your thoughts. 
So, question. How many of us are satisfied or content with the condition in our life? Said another way, are you living up to the potential that is contained in the identity that God gave you? My dad used to tell me when I was growing up that the worst kind of potential was unrealized potential. He was determined to teach me not to waste my potential. And here's an example that I'll never forget. I'm in ninth grade. I brought home two C minuses, two C minuses. So my dad came to me and he said, Reggie, this is Chief Master Sergeant Leroy Beasley Jr. Chief Master Sergeant Leroy Beasley. That's as high as you can go as a non-commissioned officer. Reggie, this is what he said, do you think you did your best? Well, it's Chief Master Sergeant Leroy Beasley. So my first thought was to lie. But then I went, oh, it's my dad. And if he catches me lying, then I'm going to get a whooping. So let me just tell the truth. No, dad, I do not think I did my best. And he said, okay. Because if you'd thought that you had done your best, there would be no punishment. But as punishment, in Michigan at the time, a grading period was nine weeks. So my dad said, since you didn't think you did your best, for the next nine weeks, you're grounded to your room. Now, I know about y'all. This is back in 1970. I didn't have a phone. <laughs> I didn't have no computers. There was barely any magazines. But he said, because you think that you did not do your best, I'm going to give you some time to think about it. My dad did not see another C. He did not. And I know some of you parents are thinking, that is inhumane. He didn't see another C because he knew that if I thought I could do better, I would. It worked. Amen? Okay, so back to our thinking. Specifically, you're thinking about being who God said he created you to be, which is your true identity. For out of our understanding of who he says we are to be, we then pursue what God predestined us to accomplish. Your identity, which is based on your thinking, and your potential go hand in hand. Together, they position us to live the life that God created for us to live. There's that vision again. So let's finish today's discussion. Now I'm preparing to land. I'm not actually landing. I'm circling the airport. With a choice that we can all make to improve our thinking as we consider the title of this message. So, who do you think you are? Yes, Jacqueline, I am pointing at you. That's my baby girl. I call her princess. As a matter of fact, her ringtone is, isn't she lovely? Okay, anyways. That's, anyways, okay. Okay. God has already determined your potential when he predestined you for good works. He said that in Ephesians 2.10. Guys, would you put that up? For we are his workmanship. The New Living Translation says masterpiece. Did you know that you were a masterpiece? The person said, you know the person that you just fought with? They're a masterpiece. <laughs> Created by God. They're a masterpiece. We are his workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Way before the foundations of the world, what God had in store for you to do, he set it in place. You're a masterpiece. Next time you're in your mirror, 
tell yourself you're a masterpiece. Even if it's first thing in the morning, your breast stinks and your hair is bad. Tell yourself that you're a masterpiece. This is what he says in 2 Peter 1. His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him, knowledge of him. Knowledge, that word is based on the, based on the Greek word genosko, which means it's, it's a progressive knowing. First you hear it, you play with it, you try it, and you see it work so it becomes a part of your life. It's that kind of knowing. It's an intimate knowledge. Intimate knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence, by which he has granted to us his precious and very great promises. Remember the difference between God's promises. His love is unconditional. His promises are very conditional. They're very conditional. If you act a fool, don't expect God to bless you. If you operate in the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control, you should expect God to bless you, right? But if you have no self-control, it could be tough. Okay. So that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. He's given you everything that you need so that you can escape this and hang out with this. Now, what would you rather hang out with? This right here. See, this reminds me of Debbie. Whew. Yes, yes, yes. Mm-mm-mm. I love God first, but that's second. That's second. What would you rather hang out with? This or this? And oh, by the way, just because the world sprays for breeze on it, it's still trash. It's still trash, right? Okay. Perhaps the biggest key to having God-centered thinking is the willingness to change, which means we're going to have to admit that sometimes our thinking is just flat wrong. So if you have perfect thinking, raise your hand. And we're going to pray for you. Okay. We are either the masters of or the victims of our thinking. It is a matter of choice. We are, who we are today and where we are today is often the result of choices we made yesterday. Tomorrow we will become what we choose today. Our choices are the products or fruit of our thinking. Now, do you know what comes off of this? What comes off of trash? Stink and methane. Methane is tearing up our atmosphere. It's not a good thing. We love it, but we got to work with it. What comes off of this? The Bible says that we have an aroma, a fragrance of God. If you're a dude, you have an aroma. If you're a woman, you have a fragrance. Okay? Because if you're a man with a fragrance, well, okay. Okay. Now, please hear me. I'm not dismissing or discounting the fact that there may have been trauma tragedy or misfortune that has happened and devastated your life. And I'm going to address that shortly. But let's talk about a way to change your thinking. It's called the reframing principle. Reframing, okay? So the first thing, do an honest evaluation of your present thinking. Honest evaluation. There are four steps to an honest evaluation. First, identify the problem thinking. That is thinking that is not centered or anchored in the word of God. 
It's, the, it's identifying the lens that you look at life through. Because if you're looking through this, it looks very different than if you're looking through this. Would you agree? Let me give you a really silly example. So I'm going to use myself as an example. I'm going to say my friend Jim, who I went to high school with, was here for the first service. He and I used to go to parties a lot. As a matter of fact, see, I went to high school with two of the guys from Earth, Wind, and Fire. We had good parties. Oh, my gosh, we had good parties. Anyway, so we're walking into the party, and this is what Jim says to me. Reggie, people think you're stupid and you're ugly. Now, look at this. I'm smart and I'm beautiful. However, for the purposes of the illustration, I believe him. So we walk in the door, and the host of the party won't take my jacket. So in my mind, I think, I wonder, maybe they didn't take my jacket because I'm stupid and I'm ugly. Then I go a little further into the party, and I see some people in the corner, and they're laughing. And in my mind, I go, huh, I wonder if they're laughing at me because I'm stupid and I'm ugly. So because you trust your friend to be your friend, your mom, your dad, your the internet, whatever, you begin to filter the data that you're getting, the input that you're getting through this lens. That's called confirmation bias. Think about that. If anybody's ever stuck a label on you, they've only said to me about they all, all they if somebody has ever stuck a label on you or you stuck one on yourself. Now you're looking for information that validates what you heard or what you feel. Let me tell you a story about my life. So when I was two, my mother's mother got sick. So I was born in England. Do I look English? English toffee? Yeah, I know that's right. <laughs> Anyways, when I was two, my, my mother's mom got sick. And in two and a half years, my mom and dad had three children. They read that part in the Bible about go populate, and they said, yes, sirree. Well, my mom wanted to take, needed to take some of us back to, to, to Virginia so she could take care of her mom. Well, she left me with, her, with my dad. I was two-year-old. Now, the way that I interpreted that, which I didn't know, was that she had rejected me. And she took my older brother and my younger brother. The enemy decided to partner with, how can a two-year-old process, he doesn't see his mom for, it was six or nine months. How could a two-year-old process that, right? So in my head, I said, well, that means I got to prove to her that I'm worthwhile, which put me on this performance-based thing, which led to captain of the wrestling team, captain of the football team, president of the senior class, um, I was the second best clarinet player in the state of Colorado because I was trying to prove to my mom that I was worthwhile. That's what happens when somebody labels you or you think they've labeled you. So today's culture is pressing lots of patterns and lenses on us they want us to see the world the way that they see the world. Pursue money or pleasure or happiness at all costs. More is better. Here's one. You can have your own truth. It's true for you, but it's not true for me. Remember, we end up taking actions based on our thoughts. 
So are my thoughts drawing me closer to Jesus? Or are my thoughts drawing me closer to this? Now, the Bible says that God works everything together for our good because he loves us, because we love him, because we're called according to his purpose. I ended up okay. I mean, I've got some skills that I wouldn't have had if I, God hadn't have turned that around. So here's what we got to remember. Because God is involved, regardless of where we started or regardless of the label, God works everything together for our good because we love him and because we're called according to his purpose. Amen? So, what thoughts consistently control your mind? Said another way, what input controls or influences your thinking? Is it Christ-centered? So the first thing is identify the problem areas in your thinking. The second thing, clarify truth. Let's call this reframing our view. To know how to change, you need to examine your thinking in light of God's truth. As a person of faith, that means we use scripture. What do they tell you about what your thinking should be? Do you think theologically the way God thinks? Do you think theologically? Or do you think the way our culture is saying on Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, streaming services? Now, this may require the destruction of some old thinking. How many of you watch HGTV or Magnolia X? Okay, well, I do, because I love it. And here's a principle in there that is so important. So who knows who Chip and Joanna Gaines are? So you do watch it. Okay, okay. All right. They're always tearing something down to make it better. Usually the home has good bones, Our soul has good bones because we're created in God's image. God has a will, he has emotions, and he has intellect. Sometimes we need to pull that other stuff off, the old stuff, the rotten stuff, the stinky stuff, the molded stuff, so that we can construct something that actually looks like the image that we carry. When Debbie and I need to focus on truth, and we've had to focus on truth a lot these last few years, we hang reminders of truth from the scriptures in our environment. So I've decided that I'm going to come and visit your house. You excited? I'll bring food, okay? You can see I like food. I'll bring food. If you're wanting to reconstruct what you're thinking, then you better put something up in your environment. See, I can tell when I walk in your house where your focus is. Ooh, is it that obvious? Yeah, it's that obvious. Does God's word permeate your environment? Does it? Or, and again, please don't take this personal. Even though it sounds personal, it may even feel personal. Is this what we're going to find at your house? Just ask yourself the question. When Debbie and I need strength and peace, we do not run to the trash can. We run to God's word and we put something up in our house to remind us what he has said because he has said he's faithful. He has said 
His word will not return void. It shall accomplish that for which he sent it and purposed it. That's what he says. Okay. Three, C, repent of your wrong thinking and receive forgiveness for the damage or harm you have done either to yourself or someone else because of that wrong thinking. Many people leave off the step, even though it's clearly stated in scripture that we must confess our sin and faults. Wrongful thinking is sinful. Why? Because it leads to wrong actions. So we need to repent. Amen? Yeah, that was a little soft. Amen? All right. D, secure commitment. At this point, what must I do to change needs to turn into I must change. Remember, the choice to change is the critical decision that must be made, and only you can make it. Mama can't make you. Daddy can't make you. My dad used to go. So my dad was raised in church, in a lot of church. And he insisted that we went to church. And he said, listen, it's actually up to you if you want to go to church. And we said, yay. And he said, because if you go, then you have a normal life. But if you don't go, from the time that the church closes to the time the church opens again, you're in your room. Your choice. I'm like, dad, I need a ride. (laughs) The choice to change is the critical decision that must be made and only you can make it. God will help you keep your commitment to change if you will make it. He wants you transformed into the image of his son. That's Romans 8, 29. So after the honest evaluation of your thinking, you actually need to change your thought patterns. Ed Cole says that change is not change until it is change. There needs to be evidence, right? That which holds our attention determines our actions. We are where we are and what we are because of the dominating thoughts that occupy our minds. A note about the tragic, tragic events that I mentioned earlier that I said I was going to come back to. Who knows who Joyce Myers is? Okay. Joyce Myers had a horrible life. Terribly abused by her father. Terribly abused by her father. This is what she says as she has received her healing. It's not the things that happen to us in life that control us. It is our reaction or response to those things that control us. Let me say this again. It's not the things in life that happen to us that control us. It's our reaction and responses to those things. If you were at the marriage conference, you heard about something called an interval. Okay, an interval is when you've been hurt or disappointed, you say, I'm not ever going to let that happen to me. I used to have conversations. My mom, she had four boys and my dad was gone a lot. So she ran a pretty tight ship. Read, if you messed up, you were dead. <laughs> Everyone, and I didn't like it. I really didn't like it. And of course, with the other thing about not thinking I was good enough, it was tough. Every once in a while, I'd find myself in a conversation with Debbie and I would go, I'd have to shake myself and say, wait a second, I'm not talking to my mom because I'd made a vow, I'm never going to let a woman do that to me again. And now, baby, you can do whatever you want, okay? (laughs) Instructions, instructions, instructions. And when I say that, this is what I mean. I'm the go-get-it machine. I'm the go-get-it machine. I'm happy to serve Debbie because my role given by God is I'm a servant leader. I lead Debbie by serving Debbie. All you men need to hear that. 
You lead your wife by serving your wife. That was for free. Women, you can be happy now. Okay. And again, I'm not trying to minimize tragedy. I'm saying recovery and restoration can happen. We can learn to retrain our feelings by learning to change how we think. It is simple. Most of, if not all of us, need help to do that. That is what I did through freedom, prayer, and counseling. So for many, many years, Debbie and I had a marriage counselor on speed out. Because you know, if you know Debbie's in my story, we have five marriages between us. Five. And we, two months ago, almost two months ago, we celebrated 31 years. How did we celebrate 31 years? Because God is the center of our marriage, not trash. Make sense? But you may need help. You may need help. As, you know, community is important. And a community of like-minded believers, if you want to know where you're headed, look who you're hanging out with. Birds of a feather and all that stuff. Our feelings sit on or are connected to our thoughts. Therefore, we can change our feelings by changing our thought patterns. Our thought life and our dependence upon God, not our circumstances, should determine the extent to which we experience joy. Often I see people who are convinced that they will be happy when they attain a certain goal. When they reach the goal, many times they do not find, out, find the fulfillment they anticipated or it's temporary. When I got out of college, um, I... It was, I was very successful, and I was going to my dad with talking about one of my pr- professions, and he said, hey, hey, Reggie, do you know what happens when you win the rat race? And I said, no, what, dad? He said, you become the head rat. That's not something to aspire for. It's about character, right? Because your character leads to your destiny. So think about how much time people spend trying to keep up with other people's definition of success. My dad used to tell me I was born unique, that I need to die unique. No one else has the same plan from God that I do. If I don't do my job, Pastor Randy talks about building a wall. If I don't do my job, if I don't live my life, then whatever God had planned to do that was gonna get done through me doesn't get done. Y'all need to do your jobs. Be unique the way God made you. So what's the secret to staying on an even kill? Fill your thoughts, fill your mind with God thoughts, not just good thoughts. The Apostle Paul said in in Philippians 4, 6, fellas, put this up. Brethren, whatever is true, whatever is worthy of reverence and is noble and seemly, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely and lovable, whatever is kind and winsome and gracious, if there is any virtue and excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think on and weigh and take account of these things. Fix your minds. Fix your minds. So how many of you have ever made the mistake of putting a drop of super glue somewhere and you put your finger in it and you forgot about it for a second? That's the kind of fix I'm talking about because you can't get it off. Fix your mind on what God has said, okay? All right. Isaiah said in Isaiah 26, 3, you will guard him and keep him in perfect peace. Who will guard you? God will guard you and keep you in perfect peace. Keep him in perfect and constant peace whose mind 
both its inclination and its character is stayed on you because he commits himself to you, leans on you, and hopes confidently in you. Think about this. The God of the universe wants to guard you if you'll take care of your mind. Think about that. The God of the universe wants to keep you in perfect peace if you'll take care of your mind. Amen? Okay. Paul and Isaiah both understood that what holds our attention determines our actions. Think about that TV remote, that smartphone, that digital device that many of us allow to rule our life. God said, I want to be first. So here's the last thing. Continually choose to have God-influenced thinking. Once you make the choice to possess right thinking, the work has only begun. After that comes a lifestyle of continually deciding to grow and maintaining the right outlook. Thoughts have a tendency to revert back to their original patterns if they are not carefully guarded and cultivated. Think about the garden that Dr. Lenny talked about last Sunday. Peter said in 1 Peter 5, be sober-minded. What is sober-minded? It's not the absence of alcohol or drugs. That's not what they're talking about. They're talking about having your mind fixed on the things that God has said. Jesus, when he went out into the wilderness, his mind was fixed. So even as it says, be watchful because your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. He was seeking to, ev- to devour Jesus. So when, he's, when he came against Jesus's identity, what did Jesus say? Man does not live by bread alone, So Jesus was hungry. He hadn't eaten for 40 days. The devil says, well, if you're the son of God, turn these stones into bread. Jesus quoted Deuteronomy 8. Man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. There were two more temptations, and the devil said, okay, this is not working. Be sober-minded, okay? It's very easy in this culture Here's a a phrase. A wandering mind leads to a wandering life. So how much time does your mind spend wandering? Because there's a lot of this out there to wander after. Neuroscientists are now saying, based on imaging of the brain, that it takes about 60 days to build new neural networks in your brain. That's building new habits. So I know you've heard it said that if you can... Like exercise for seven days, you've got a new habit. No, what you have is you're sweaty and you're sore. 60 days. 60 days. So I'd like you to develop a new habit. And it's going to take some time. And it's going to take some partnerships with some people that are in your circle. So as I close... If you need to do one of these things, I want you to stand up when I get to it. Now, this is the participatory part. Now, just as a a level of ground for everybody, the Bible says that all fall short. And I already asked during when I started, if anybody had perfect thinking, nobody raised their hand. So that means that everybody here is a candidate for this, okay? So this is not about what the person beside you is doing. 
nor is it about when the person beside you elbows you and says, it's time for you to stand up. It's not about that either. Who needs to evaluate the current thinking? Now, I want you to ask this question. God, show me who or what is influencing my thoughts the most. And is it taking me closer to Jesus? Are they taking me closer to Jesus? Or are they taking me closer to the trash? If you need to evaluate your current thinking, I'd like you to stand up. Thank you. Thank you. The second thing was to change your thought patterns. What does God say about the topic? Reframe your view, i.e., now it's time to go dig in God's word for what does he say about what you're thinking. If you need to change your thought patterns to reframe your view, I'd like you to stand up. And the final thing is to make this commitment to continually choose to have God-influenced thinking. If you need to continually choose to have God-centered thinking, I need you to stand up. Fellas, I'd like you to put up that statement one more time. Watch your thoughts, they become words. Watch your words, they become actions. Watch your actions, they become habits. Watch your habits, they become character. Watch your character, it becomes your destiny. Now, I know that there may be people in the room that have not made Jesus their Lord and Savior. And so while everybody is standing, I'd like for everybody to close their eyes. I'm going to pray a prayer. I'm not going to ask you to repeat it after me because there's nothing magic about repeating it. It's about the work of the Holy Spirit in your heart. So I'm going to pray. Father, it is written in your word that if I confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord and I believe in my heart that you have raised him from the dead, I shall be saved. Therefore, Father, I confess that Jesus is my Lord. I make him the Lord of my life right now. I believe in my heart that you raised him from the dead. I renounce my past life with sin and I ask you to help me close the door to that life. I thank you for forgiving me of all my sin. Jesus is my Lord, and I am a new creation. All things have passed away, and now all things have become brand new. In Jesus' name, if that is your prayer, please slip your hand into the air so that I can see it. Hallelujah. 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 Now for the rest of us. Some of you already know that the time to address your thinking is now. And so I'd like to have all of our prayer teams come forward because I'd like for you to have an opportunity to now lock down 
the commitment to evaluate your thinking, to find out what God says about it, and to commit to make it your pattern. Pastor Randy is always encouraging us to just get a little bit better. And today, you can start. The Spirit of God, the Spirit of God, not only is he manifesting his presence in this room, but he's in you. He's in you. And he said that he would lead you and guide you into all of the truth. He will kick that trash can down and he'll be this for you. So I'm going to ask Faith to come forward. And as she does, if you want someone to agree with you, again, agreement is the place of power. God says in his word, how good and pleasant it is when the brethren dwell together in unity. Unity gets getting someone to agree with you because there he commands the blessing and what he blesses grows. Amen. Thanks so much for listening to the Crossing Church Weekly Sermon Podcast. Keep up with everything going on at The Crossing by liking us on Facebook, following us on Instagram, or subscribing to our YouTube channel. You can visit us online at www.thecrossing.cc. Thanks again for listening, and we hope you have a blessed day.